In today's episode of Comments Over Coffee, we're talking about if you should use text in your thumbnails, but we're also going to talk about taking advice from people. You'll get what I mean when we get to the question. So grab your cup tumbler mug because we're starting right now. Welcome to Comments Over Coffee, where you'll learn how to get better at YouTube and online video over a cup of coffee. Pour a cup for your host, Nick Nimmin. If this is your first time here, I want to let you know that the comments on this show are pulled from the comment section on my YouTube channel or from the form on the commentsovercoffee.com website. So if you have a question about what it is that you are doing on YouTube, you can submit yours over at commentsovercoffee.com. And as long as it's not something that I've answered here before, I'll put it in the queue. I also want to let you know if you are a content creator and you want to know the best things to use for all aspects of content creation and the business around creating content, you can head over to bestcreatortools.com. It's my personal list of the things that I use and the list of things that I recommend to people when they reach out and ask me what they should use. So you can find all of that over at bestcreatortools.com. Now, our question today comes from Am Warner. Am says, I was just wondering what your stance is on thumbnails with text versus without text. I've been making content for less than a year and all of my thumbnails have been without text, but a few other creators said that I should include text in my thumbnails since I'm fairly new and it'll help let viewers know what the video is about. Today we're talking about thumbnails, but I have a really quick rant or not really rant, just a, a disclaimer that I'm going to put at the end of this episode about listening to other people's advice on what you should do with your videos um, who are not experienced. Now, in terms of the question itself, a lot of content creators think that you have to use text in your thumbnails, but I wanna let you know that it is not a requirement in any way, shape, or form. In fact, using text in your thumbnails might actually be working against you. For example, if the text in your thumbnail is obstructing what would actually grab the viewer's attention, then having text just costs you views. If you have text in your thumbs, but it's not easy to read, it could be costing you views. If you have too much text in your thumbnails, it could be costing you views. I've seen people have, and I'm sure you've seen this too, I've seen people have an entire paragraph written on their thumbnails. Like they're trying to explain what's happening in the video and then you scale that down to suggested size from a computer and it's pretty much illegible, right? And plus, you know, very few people are gonna sit there and read all the, tux, uh, the text that's on a thumbnail. Um, I'm going to give you some actionable advice here about your thumbnails, and then we're going to talk about taking advice from people. So first, it's important to consider testing your thumbnails. Um, there's a tool called TubeBuddy. I know a lot of the people listening to this right now, I know a lot of you are familiar with TubeBuddy, um, but they have an A-B testing feature that you should be using. Um, I'll link TubeBuddy in the show notes if you aren't familiar, or you can just go to TubeBuddy.com. If you want to give me an affiliate commission, you can go to TubeBuddy.com slash um, But if you don't know what A-B testing is, it's where you would test thumbnail A against thumbnail B. Or in other words, you would have your original thumbnail that's already on your YouTube video, and then you would load a new thumbnail into their system, and then they would swap them out to see which one's better. Basically, in a nutshell, the TubeBuddy A-B testing tool, it tells you which thumbnail people respond to more. It's that simple. Um, how it works is their system basically swaps the thumbnail every day. And when the test is complete, it tells you which one got more clicks from the different traffic sources, like the homepage. Um, they'll let you know which one got clicked more in suggested videos. It'll let you know if you're targeting search, it'll let you know which one performed better for you in search. So if you're targeting one specific traffic source, you can make sure that you're using the thumb that people respond to most for that source. Um, it also shows you things like how long people watch after clicking each thumbnail because your thumbnails and titles, you know, they create an expectation of the 
the content in the viewer's mind. So your thumbnail and title can yield different results in terms of how long people watch your video because of that expectation that they get or that they have when they actually click, click on that thumbnail. Um, they also show you the engagement that each one generated. So overall, it's an awesome tool and every content creator, in my opinion, should be using it. But anyway, you can also do this manually, um, of course, but it's just more labor intensive. So basically you would have to swap the thumbnail every day and then track in a, in a Google sheet or an Excel sheet. Um, basically you would track everything that I mentioned in your analytics daily for the duration of the test. Um, that's without question an option for you, but it's just a lot more labor intensive to go in there and swap them every day and then keep track of all of that um, information and then average everything out and so on. But the reason I'm encouraging you to test is because the only way that you can truly know what is best for you and for the viewers that YouTube is showing your content to is to test. So please test your thumbnails and experiment with different thumbnails. And instead of saying, hey, I have this template that I use and I'm just gonna use this because I think that it's a good looking template, test it. Because that template could be causing your channel not to grow. Or that template could be costing you views, right? To where if you just change the colors, it might get a better response. If you change the layout just a little bit, it might get a better response. Or if you changed it all together and you didn't use a template at all, that it would get a better response, right? So it's really important to make sure that you're testing what is happening with your thumbnails and how people are responding to the different things that you can do with your thumbnails. And it's also important that you're just constantly experimenting with different stuff. Um, but I wanna talk to you about best practices as well. Um, first, it's very important that when you are putting your thumbnails and your titles together, that you think of them as a team, right? Basically, your thumbnails and titles work together as a team to give your viewers or your potential viewers an idea about what they might get from your video. So they're a package deal, right? Your thumbnail and your title. And how you package your videos is extremely important and it can really be the life or the death of a good video. Because if you have an awesome video, but people aren't clicking on it, then YouTube is going to quickly stop showing that video or that thumbnail and title to people because they're not responding to it. Instead, they're going to take a thumbnail and title that is proven to convert um, you know, people that are scrolling around YouTube into a viewer of a specific video. They're going to start showing videos that are proven to perform over yours, right? So because of that, it's critical. Like your thumbnail and your title, in my opinion, are arguably the most important Part. I mean, of course, you know, how long people watch your video is also a critical part because if they click on your thumbnail and title and then they don't watch your video for a longer or at least an acceptable amount of time, then in that situation, it'll be deemed as clickbait and then they'll stop showing it as well. But it's that first point of contact that you have with a newer returning viewer. So putting that time into making sure that your thumbnails are effective is extremely, extremely important. It can really make a huge difference on what is happening on your YouTube channel the views that you're getting, your ability to be able to get people to click on your videos and come in and watch the awesome videos that you're creating. When you're thinking of your thumbnail, um, you also need to think of your title and how they work together to get a response from the viewer. Like sometimes, you know, your thumbnail will be really good, but your title's bad. Or sometimes your title is bad, but your thumbnail's really good. Did I just say that backwards? I'm not sure, but you get the idea. Like one is bad, one is good, and sometimes they work against each other, right? <laughs> so again, you know, it's really important to make sure that you're thinking of how they work together. Um, it's also important to look at how you're packaging the video from the eyes of somebody who doesn't know what the video's about, right? As content creators, we know all of the stuff that's in our content. Like we know what the video's about. We know all the things that happen. It's obvious to us. But how can you explain in one picture, in a handful of characters, 
what they're going to get or why they should be interested in what it is that you made, right? How can you trigger them? How can you trigger a potential viewer by using your thumbnails and your titles in an effective way, right? When it comes to text, in terms of best practices, uh, you want to make sure that it's simple. You want to make sure that it's bold. You also want to make sure that it's very easy to read, right? You want to use as few words as you can. Again, using that paragraph reference that I did before, you want to make sure that you use as few words as you can because you don't want people to have to read your thumbnail. You want people to be able to glance at it and comprehend, right? That's what that's what you want to focus on. Um, you also want to make sure that text isn't the focus of the thumbnail unless, of course, you're intentionally making text the focus of the thumbnail. So what you want to do is you actually want to make your thumbnail in Photoshop or Photo P is a website. It works kind of like Photoshop or Canva or whatever it is, but you want to zoom out, right? When you make your thumbnail, you want to zoom out if you're using text. And, and with the imagery that you're using in your thumbnails too, you want to zoom out and you want to look at it and you want to think to yourself, okay, zoomed out. Can I tell what's going on? Can I tell what's going on in this video? Is the text easy to read? Um, is the imagery that I want people to focus on in this thumbnail, is it crystal clear? Like, can I look at this at a smaller size and comprehend what's happening um, in this in this particular image that I'm using. Now, text, again, just like I mentioned before, it's not necessary, but text can give context. An example that I like to give to this is, let's say that you have a picture of a delicious-looking chocolate cake. The picture by itself, it can mean anything. So I, I actually did this. You can, um, I'm not sure if you were on the TubeBuddy 24-hour corn stream or not, but if you find my section in there, um, I actually have a visual representation of what it is that I'm getting ready to share with you here. But basically, if you have that picture of a delicious-looking chocolate cake, the picture, it can mean anything. So if you had a science channel, the video could be about what chocolate cake does to the human body or the chemical makeup of a chocolate cake or, you know, what chemicals in the cake make it taste so good in your mouth, you know, that kind of stuff. If you have a fitness channel, then using that same exact photo, the video could be about foods that you should avoid or how to avoid eating tempting foods, things like that. Um, if you have a cooking channel, then it could be a video about recipes or how to get a cake to be more fluffy or whatever you do in recipe videos. <laughs> um, in all of these scenarios, we're only talking about the thumb. But now if we add the title, then we have context. So that same exact thumbnail of the chocolate cake with a title that says, three chocolate cake recipes that take 10 minutes or less. Boom. Now we have what's happening in that video, right? We have context. Now, when you look at that same packaging without context in the thumbnail, the image might grab your attention because it's a chocolate cake. And then you look at the title for context. Now that context lets you know that it's a recipe video. And depending on the type of viewer you are or your feelings about chocolate cake, you may or may not click on that video now that you have context. If we take that up a notch and we do add some text to the thumbnail, we may or may not, this is why testing is important, but we may or may not be able to get someone to click faster because they would have immediate context. For example, take that same thumbnail and put it on a recipe video and use fast and easy recipe in the thumbnail. It's immediately clear that it's a recipe video. It has something to do with chocolate cake without the need to see the title. If the cake recipe is targeting people who don't or can't eat sugar, adding sugar-free to the thumbnail might make a world of difference on your ability to stop somebody in their tracks when they're scrolling on their phone on YouTube looking for videos to watch because the text suddenly makes it compelling, right? They see, wait a minute, this, this delicious-looking chocolate cake, there's no sugar in this? Wow, I might be able to make something like this. Or, hey, my kids, I might be able to trick them 
into eating this dessert that doesn't have any sugar in it. I'm in. I'm clicking on this one, right? Now, again, this is where testing comes in, though. And if you're really good at writing titles, you know, you might get a higher click-through rate using the thumb without text. You know, if you're putting bad text in your thumbnails or or, or if you're not good at that part of the packaging. Um, If you're not great at writing titles, the text on the thumb might be the thing that causes more people to click because you're able to grab that immediate context directly from the thumbnails without even needing to see the title. That's why it's important to make sure that you're testing, 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 testing on all of the stuff, not just your thumbnails, but all of the stuff that you're doing in your YouTube channel. And I'm actually going to tell you how you can do that here uh, in just a little bit. But another thing that I want to mention is I'll see all the time, like there's subreddits, um, there's Facebook groups for new creators where people post things like, hey, drop a link to your video and I'll review it. But they can't even get their own channels going. So any advice that they're giving you, if they can't even get their own stuff going, if they don't have experience, um, you know, because there's some people that, you know, they come onto YouTube, they have tons of experience working with other people through consulting and things like that, or they work for a company that did consulting. And because of that, you know, they have the information, like they know what's up. Um, But then there's a lot of channels out there and a lot of people that think they know what's up, but they don't really know what's up. And it's evident in what it is that they're doing. It's evident in the advice that they're giving. I can watch somebody's video and based on the way that they say things and the information that they're sharing, like I can quickly identify like, okay, does this person know what's going on or not? It's really easy to see um, if you, you know, and this is why it's important for you as a content creator to make sure you're educating yourself as much as possible because then you will also be able to see Oh, okay, well, this person clearly has no idea what it is that they're talking about. They're just repeating something from a video that they watched three years ago, right? So because of that, it's really important that you educate yourself um, as well. But like in these Facebook groups and these subreddits where they're, you know, reviewing channels and they're giving all this advice, people are people are telling you things that that might actually damage your YouTube channel, right? So it's really important that you actually use your data um, on your YouTube channel to make all of your decisions. I kind of breezed over some some resources for you there. Um, the community guidelines on YouTube. So basically, with the community guidelines, it's basically just a portion of their website or just a small you know website they created to where you can go there and you can see basically what's acceptable versus what's not on YouTube. They also have terms of service, which you can see. Um, I believe you can get to that directly by clicking at the bottom of the page on YouTube. Um, in addition to that, you have the Creator Academy. Creator Academy is free. It's provided by YouTube. They give you a ton of information in there on how they expect you to do things or the things that they find that work. In terms of saying, hey, do this, do this, do this, um, they don't really give that information, but they do tell you things in terms of like structurally. When you're writing your titles, this is the best practice. This is the things that you should be doing. Um, When you're making your thumbnails, you know, to apply it to this episode, when you're making your thumbnails, these are the types of things that you should consider. Um, You know, they shared that kind of uh, information, so you should definitely dig into that. But it's really important to, to use your analytics to make your decisions. And the better that you get at understanding the data behind your channel, the better you're going to get at making decisions that your audience responds to, right? Because you can make decisions about your content that you will be able to identify over time that, hey, every time I do this, people respond positively to it. Every time I do this, people respond negatively to it. Every time I do this, people typically don't respond when I publish, but then I'll get a lift on that video later. Typically when I do this, I'll get a good response at the beginning, but then that video will slowly die off over time. So I have to make sure that I keep referring people to that video, you know, things like that. You'll start to be able to identify those types of things uh, on your channel when you start digging into, uh, when you start digging into your data. But the better that you get at understanding that data, again, the better you're going to get at YouTube because the decisions that you make 
are going to be based on people at scale, not just the opinions of people. You'll even see this in your comment sections. You'll see, you know, and you'll have one video and you might, you might've seen this already, but you'll have, you know, one video. And in that one video, you'll have, you know, two or three people that are like, wow, this is the greatest video. Thank you so much for this. And then you'll have, you know, another two or three people that are like, wow, this is the worst video I've ever seen in my entire life. This is the, you know, normally your stuff is awesome, but this particular video sucks, right? So like, you'll see, you know, you'll see that happening in your own videos, which tells you that if somebody leaves a comment, you can't take it at face value. You have to go into your stats and you have to see how people are responding at scale. Now, with that said, it is important to consider what people are saying because it's feedback, right? So you don't want to just dismiss anything that you don't agree with because it's feedback. You want to say, okay, this person's saying this, so let me take note of that and then let me go dig into my data and see what, you know, what it says at scale and maybe I can cater things just a little bit to where, you know, this particular viewer would be happy, um, but maybe I can't, right? But at scale, I'm going to make my decisions based on what my analytics tell me. So when it comes to this, um, what you can do in this situation when you're trying to use your analytics to you know, make the right decisions is you can test, experiment, theorize, run tests on your theories, experiment more, test again, work on the needed skills for the type of content that you make and keep repeating that process by going into your analytics and paying attention to what's going on. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to put a challenge on you here. And I've never done this in these episodes, but I, I actually, I want to do it on this one because it's important um, that you can identify what's going on in your channel. It's also important that you know the data that you have at your fingertips if you choose to use it. Um, so the challenge for this episode is when you have time, go into your analytics. There's a grouping feature where you can group content sets together to test whatever it is that you want in your content. So group together 10 or 20 videos in your particular case. Make some thumbnails where you have some text in the thumbnails, publish those videos. And for the time, for the date ranges, test 10 or 20 videos, right? For similar date ranges, you're gonna have to track some of this stuff, but test thumbnails or videos for similar date ranges with you know 10 or 20 videos each in the in each different test group you want to group them together and have some with text some without text see how people respond right at scale you're going to be able to see hey over 20 videos this this group typically gets a higher click through rate than this group but you also have to consider things like the topic of the video the title of the video and again that's where testing the thumbnail specifically on each video through um, TubeBuddy or doing it manually is really important to do um, because then that will give you insight on that specific video but if you want to get a general idea of things like things that you can't test through TubeBuddy like let's say that you are testing backgrounds in your video and you're like hey um, like I have a friend of mine, he uh, has a channel and he's currently testing different colors of backgrounds so he can see if he has one particular color that people will watch his videos longer with. So what he's doing right now is he's basically swapping his videos through these different backgrounds. And then what he's going to do is he's going to group those videos together. These are all the blue backgrounds. These are all the orange backgrounds. These are all the black backgrounds. These are all the gray backgrounds. And then he's going to, over time, he's going to be able to run tests on those as a group to see, hey, over you know 10 or 20 videos each, which one of these did people uh, respond to the most? Which in his case, he's doing daily content, so it's really easy to do all that quickly. But basically, how you do this um, is you log into your creator studio, and then you click on analytics. I'm going to say all this slowly, so if you happen to be sitting in front of a computer and you can follow through this, that you'll you'll know how to do it. Um, if not, then you know feel free to come back to this. Um, you know once you get in front of your computer. But basically, what you do 
is you log into your Creator Studio. Once you are in your Creator Studio, then you want to click on Analytics over on the left side of the screen in your menu. And then in the very top chart that you see there that gives you like an idea of what's happening in your video, they because they're changing what's what you see there in that dashboard. Um, so you want to make sure that you click on the See More option. There's going to be like blue text that's going to say See More so regardless of the view that they have, um, then you're going to be able to see that. If not, you can just click into um, advanced up at the top of the screen. But either one of those, see more or advanced, will get you into the same area. Um, but once you're in that area, then you want to click on your channel name at the very top of the page. When you click on that, a dialog box is going to pop up. In that box, you're going to see groups over in the right of that box. You want to click on that. From there, you can start digging in. You want to add a group, and then you basically add videos to that group that you are testing. And then you create another group with the other version of the thing that you're testing. And what you want to do is you want to really start digging in and experimenting with the different things on your channel. This feature is a gold mine if you use it right. Um, if you also, while you're in this uh, feature, you just start keeping track of different things. So even though one video is in one group, you can still add it to another group. So you can say, hey, these are all the videos with you know text in the thumbnail. These are all the videos with none. Um, these are the videos where I use certain words in the title. These are videos where I don't use those words in the title. Um, these are videos where I have this background. These are videos where I don't have this background. These are videos where I speak quickly. These are videos where I speak slowly. These are tutorial videos. These are vlog videos. These are recipe videos. These are, um, you know, another type of, you know, video for a recipe channel. But basically you start, you know, breaking down your content that way. And it really gives you some great insights to how people are responding to content sets instead of, you know, just looking at it at one specific video. So hopefully you found that helpful. Hopefully you learned something today. Um, if you know somebody who makes videos for YouTube or if you have a Twitter account, you know, share this episode with that person or, you know, share this out on Twitter. It'd be awesome. Um, and again, I hope you learned something today. Thanks for having a coffee with me. Get show notes, resources, and more over at commentsovercoffee.com or grab yourself a refill and listen to another episode.